a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Second only to the sound of silence, this is Table Talk Radio. Listen, the sound. I don't think we need you to start singing. Of silence. Uh... So, uh, I have hope. Hey, how's that, it going? I have hope that there's some show content for today's show. 1,000 points because your buzzword is hope. <laughs> yes. And you already said the buzzword before you even knew what it was. Huh. One That's amazing. Million points. I uh, I have no idea how that happened. Yep. So I have I have my, kind of figured my out. My buzzword for you is hope. We're gonna play. Uh... <laughs> I, I figured out that uh, you know if, if if you're working on a upcoming presentation, about three days before, two days before is when I'll start hitting buzzwords about your topic. So hey, what are you talking about? The issues, etc. Conference. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I guess my topic is hope, oh, okay. which is why later on we're gonna play, uh, we're gonna play a Bible B, the hope version. Do you know how to find Bible verses about hope? Because you're gonna have to for that. <laughs> but first, we're gonna do buzzwords. Then we're gonna do this <laughs> lightning striking the George Floyd mural, ah. and then we're gonna talk about hope. That sounds like a pretty decent show, actually. Not bad. Not not bad. Uh, I'll just Google it during the break. How to my buzzword for you is hope. How about, about hope. how about this for a definition of hope? I think that hope is. Uh, just see if you can let me get away with this. Here's a definition of hope that sounds cool now. It'll sound really dated in about ten years. Hope is the story we tell ourselves about the future. Yeah, I don't like it, but I'll let you defend it before before I I judge it. I'll let you defend it. I don't, don't have any defense. It just sounds cool. But hope is really <laughs> faith directed to the future. That's how the Christian should think of hope. But the 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 way that the reason why that story we tell ourselves about the future is because it lets us also kind of evaluate the meaninglessness of hope for those who do not know God. It's one of the po- points that Paul makes, like in Ephesians two, where he says, "Before you were a Christian, you were without hope, and without God in the world." And we say, "Well, does the unbeliever hope?" You well, yeah. They have a story they tell themselves about the future, but their hope is all wish and nonsense. They don't have it. It's not based on anything. It's all cloud and vapor, and it ends as soon as they die. This is what Proverbs says: is that the hope of the wicked will perish because uh, it, it dies with them. And so, so anyway, hope is for us this. You know, we don't. How about this for another distinction? We normally think about the act of hoping, like hopefulness, mm-hmm. the feeling of hope. 
The Bible is more interested, less interested in the how of hope and more interested in the who and what. Who do we hope in or what do we hope in? Why do we hope? And what has God said? That's what's the content of our hope? What has he promised? And so the the salvation, life eternal, the appearing of Jesus, this is all our hope. We we long for these things and we know that they'll happen because God has promised them. So uh, to to make some examples of what you're talking about, someone says something like um uh, well, well, don't worry. Things will work out. And and uh, the person says, "Well, I hope so." In in that example of hope, yeah. that is actually an expression of uncertainty. Right. You know, in ASL, um, this is good radio talking about sign language. But <laughs> the sign for hope is fingers crossed and wave back and forth. Oh yeah, That's hope like ooh, I hope so. Got my fingers crossed. But the Christian said, we can't use that sign. That's not what we mean by hope. Oh, we have to have a different sign. The Christian said, here's our sign, which is cupping your hands and pointing down, like what God has said is on the way. Fascinating. So, so there's a, there's a Christian version of sign language? I mean, certain words have to be kind of co-opted to... Oh yeah, I mean, you think about it. So, sign language is a very new language, and the so and most of the people who are inventing it were pagan. So, there's it's not like English, which has so much biblical yeah. theolo- theological import, especially from Greek and Latin and stuff. None of that's in sign. So, it's one of these. What are you going to use for Christian signs? How do you mm-hmm. sign God, for example? And how do you distinguish between, say, God and uh, of the Christian God and God of the of the Quran, for example, hmm. and so, so there's a whole book of of theological signs, and there's all sorts of dialect in sign too. So, like Texas sign is going to be different than Midwest sign, and Lutheran sign is going to be different than than Baptist sign. So, for example, because sign language is oftentimes kind of pictures, the normal sign for baptism is taking your hand and like dunking. It's like thumbs up under and up so like you're showing what someone looks like when they're dunked and the lutheran says no no we can't use we can't use that sign we need a different sign so the lutherans look like it's like someone splashing you on the head that's our sign for baptism is that right but whenever a baptist comes to see, bible that, study you got to explain the see, difference of the oh signs. my goodness see that would be so so uh oh, there'd be so much more of a barrier because not only do you have different words for what you what um faith or religion you are, but you have different words for what denomination you are. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean, we have, the problem is we have different words in English. We just use the same sound. So yeah. even when a Baptist uses the, uses the sound baptism, it means immersion. And when we use the si- sound baptism, it means to be adopted into the family of God by the water and the word through the gracious gift of Jesus. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, my my theological buzzword for you is sanctification. Uh, of course, we know uh, the sanctus in the liturgy is the part where we sing holy, holy, holy from the Latin uh, for holy. Um, so sanctification is, uh, is this um, uh, way that the people of God are holy. Now, the word can be used in different senses. So there's uh, maybe a broad sense where we're talking about the whole... Um, work of sanctification, which includes justification, but there's also kind of a narrow sense of the word where it's um, limited uh, particularly to the life of the Christian. And uh, we, we attribute, uh, we, we look to, for our teaching on sanctification, 
the third article of the Creed, where uh, Luther, in his uh, explanation of the third article, says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ and the one true faith. So I think some oftentimes we think of this kind of two-stage process that like there's a checklist somewhere. And number one is justification. And when a person believes in Jesus, check. Okay, now now we don't have to worry about that one at all anymore. We'll move on to the second. And the second is uh, sanctification. And oftentimes where this is articulated is usually that, okay, well, justification's done. Now, you go do your part uh, for sanctification. Um, so that that being holy is really an, an act of the will. Um, now, what is, I, I don't want to somehow say that Christians uh, don't strive to live a holy life. Certainly they do. But in the, in the explanation of the catechism, at least, uh, Luther is pointing us to those means of grace by which the Holy Spirit works. Uh, so through the gospel, through the sacraments. And this is the way that uh, he not only uh, brings us the gift of faith, but keeps us in the true faith and by which we are, we are sanctified. Well said. Oh, thank you. Okay, so let's see how much time we have in the first segment. We have a minute 40. Uh, mm. So, t- <laughs> boy, tell us more about hope. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start the game already? Well, I'll tell you what. I, um, uh, so, I, let's well, see. We're going to look at this. You set up this thing that we're going to listen to. So there was okay. a there was a shop that had a George George Floyd mural, and it got kapowed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trying to f- remember where this was. I'm not seeing it right offhand. But, and, um, and lightning knocked down this mural. Right. And now the question is, was this an act of God or not? It re- re- do you remember when the ELCA was having their convention and they were meeting and some tornado like tore the steeple off the church across the street? Right, right. And so the question is, how do you... I mean, maybe the question we're going to ask is, how do you determine if something is an act of God's judgment? Is that the is that the I think question that we're I think bring so to I think so yeah so you set it up well um, so this is in t- Toledo Ohio and uh, like you said we'll listen to the audio on the other side of the break it's just we're coming up on a break um, but uh, when we hear the audio um, the lightning struck this mural of, of George Floyd and um, of course we, we we couldn't interpret these these events without the prophet. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. saying on Twitter <laughs> that this was an act of God, and uh, so yeah, so there's that, uh, and and so we're gonna, you know, how are we to understand the things that happen in this? I, I have a story about that too. Um, you know, when the the ELCA thing that you just mentioned that the the cross got struck off the the top or whatever during the convention, um, Larry Rass at the seminary uh, told a story that he was teaching a class around the time that happened. And he asked the class, raise your hand if you thought uh, this was, um, you know, a God, God's doing as a response to the actions of the ELCA. And uh, not too many of the American students raised their hand, but all of the African students raised their hand. Wow. So that is something interesting. We'll, we'll maybe talk yeah. more about this right after the break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the Devotions button. Yep. Well, I have a, I have a story for you. All We're right. Talking I'm ready. about uh, acts of God uh, speaking <laughs> theological statements uh, in the world around us. So uh, when I was in seminary, I went to a Good Friday service in downtown Fort Wayne, and and I won't I won't tell you who I was with, but uh, a certain professor at the seminary and. Uh, Three other guys went to a, uh, a local restaurant, downtown Fort Wayne. Of course, if you remember, downtown Fort Wayne is a big ELCA church. I think it's Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm not, can't remember quite right. But it was a, a crazy storm that night. It was just, just thunder, lightning, and heavy rain. And so we go after the Good Friday service um, over to this restaurant to eat. And um, there's this loud crack. Bam! And uh, one of the seminarians, being seminarian, uh, says, oh, there goes the cross off Trinity. <laughs> well, a few a few minutes later, a woman comes over and she says, excuse me, I'm the pastor of Trinity and I want to assure you that the cross is intact. <laughs> and an unnamed professor just kind of slid underneath the table. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, so here's here's the audio, and then uh, I, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Pastor Wolffield. Yep, sounds good. Now the destruction of a North Toledo mural is still garnering a lot of attention. The incident even prompting Donald Trump Jr. to speak out on social media about it. He made several posts asking if a quote unquote higher power could be responsible. The brick exterior, exterior that is, of the George Floyd mural came toppling down on Tuesday. Toledo Fire and Rescue confirming it was a lightning strike that did it. Toledo officials are still looking into whether the building needs to be taken down at some point. They did say there is no need for emergency demolition. All right, so uh, there's a story. Now, it is interesting. I mean, you have to, you have to at least admit, you know, the chances of this being a, a random thing is 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 pretty crazy because I mean, if you could see the <laughs> the picture, I mean, you have the mural and then dead center, uh, wiping it out is this thunder. Uh, this sorry, this lightning bolt. So, what is it? Is this an act of God, Pastor? I remember when I was on Vicarage and I came into the church one early Sunday morning, before, really early, and um, lightning had struck the roof of the church, and it had made a hole in the roof, and there was like shards of wood everywhere and you could see where the roof had burned and there's a hole in the roof and and there's like a puddle of water where it fell and and I thought man if I was preaching the law and that happened <laughs> isn't isn't that but kind how of how many the... funerals would you have after that? <laughs> boom isn't that kind yeah, of the so... problem though is that uh you know this has to go both ways oftentimes we see this as sort of a confirmation of what we already what we already right. think i don't think it goes both ways whenever someone has a vision they say you know i had a dream that that uh god told me to come to church here this morning i say well that's great that's a dream from god and never listen to any other dream after that. <laughs> yeah he he's spoken a dream to tell you to only listen to the word of god 
from here on out. This is a this is a very interesting question because can the Lord do these sorts of things? Yes. Um, but we don't have, like you mentioned before, we don't have the prophets who would give us, the, because God communicates through the Word, and it's the Word that even tells us what nature is about. You know the Psalm, who was telling me about Psalm 19? They made this great point. They said that the, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament declares his handiwork, but the Word of the Lord is pure, enlightening the heart, so that creation tells us it, creation is is um communication from god but we need the word to 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 come to translate it for us you know so like maybe it rains outside and it causes the maybe it causes the grass to grow but it also makes my shoes muddy mm -hmm. so does the rain mean that god loves me or hates me i never will quite know right you know, so I need the word of God to come along and translate. And it's very so. So we play this game like here's the thing that happened. And now we we um, we we're going to interpret it apart from the word. That's that's dangerous. There's a danger on the other side, though. And that danger is that we think that everything is natural. We're basically like like practical atheists. And we think that God doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. That's also wrong. And so Jesus is helpful. Remember the Tower of Siloam fell, and the, it, this is when there was the man born blind, and the disciples say, whose fault is it that he's blind, his or his parents? And Jesus says, no, you guys are thinking about it wrong. It's not the fault of sin. It's cause for the glory of God. And he says, the tower that fell... Who caught, were the people who the tower fell on? Were they worse sinners than everybody else? No. But if you don't repent, the same thing will happen to you. So that everything like this, so this is the constant interpretation, is that everything that happens, good and bad, outside of us in the world, is, by God, a call to repentance. And it's probably not a call to boasting, like, oh, look, the Lord hates George Floyd, George Floyd murals. Or something that's probably not the safe way to interpret it the inter way to interpret that is oof repent i better repent hmm. i i this is a com entirely different point so i mean i i uh i uh agree with everything you said uh, but in an entirely different point it, it's interesting um the figures that a uh culture or society will memorialized by statue or mural. Of course, in the in the last couple of years, we've been seeing uh, statues taken down because um, they were on the wrong side of history when uh, when history um, came to condemn things like slavery and any any uh, commander or captain that. Uh, Regardless of the the merits of his works, because he had a a view or is on a side that we now don't agree with, uh, we discount everything that he did. Um, and at the same time, uh, we're putting up statues and murals um, of a person um, who did did not have a, a life that would be one that we would want to admire with his uh, criminal record. Um, but but he became a victim, so it 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 is. Maybe putting forward, if you will, the 
the victimhood that someone suffered. So I, I see a shift in in saying um, we will we will only uh, put put forward statues and murals of people that are aligned really with our perspective on things, regardless of the merits of their character and action. That's an interesting observation because it, and just to parallel, how how would you throw in this idea that? Um, because there's also an iconoclasm where it's tearing down statues, you know, right? Um, especially from the, the Civil War era and those those folks who were fighting on the South, right? Or uh, anyone who was um, had any participation in in the horrors of slavery, you know, they're they're being all they're, those statues are being torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what? So how do how do you think that compares? Is it the same? Do you think it's the same instinct? So, w- w- we have to have this collection of murals and statues, and not this collection. This is now yeah. the new orthodoxy, or right? Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to say it. Good, a new orthodoxy, because um, like like I said, um, I think I think that um, there there would be something bigger to question. Should this be someone we want everyone in our in our culture looking up to? And I think, I mean, in my estimation, at least, we would want to be asking the question, well, did this person do good things that we ought to emulate? And, um, you know, with the, with the case of slavery, while we can um, condemn the abuse of slaves, um, we maybe should also understand the, um, the, the cultural acceptance of, uh, the widespread acceptance of it in the day. I mean, so just just imagine. I mean, it's hard to imagine this happening, Pastor Wolfmiller, but imagine um, uh, through the course of time we're able to uh, realize that unborn babies are, uh, are, are life in the womb and uh, someday abortion is completely outlawed. Um, and we look back and we find a figure who... who did a lot of good for our society, but he himself did not condemn abortion. Um, does that mean that we cannot understand the good that he did as a as a moral good? In other words, do they have to completely agree with everything that we have in order to see the merit of good things they do? Uh, there, it is a because so the the kind of orthodoxy. Um, there's a lot there so what but maybe number one I don't think we should be I don't this is this has to do with this idea of hope is the story we tell about the future Mm -hmm. and what I when it comes to the question of abortion there what there is nothing that says that it won't be reversed both legally and culturally Mm -hmm. there's no reason to despair of that changing but but one of the one of the kind of myths that's captured our imagination is that things are getting worse. They they can't go backwards. They're progressing always. It's like the the world wants us to imagine that we're on the bus and it's making a left turn and it's just going to keep turning. Mm. And we're like the kids in the back with a little play steering wheel trying to turn right. And they say, "Look, you're on the wrong side of the road." Mm-hmm. There's no reason to think that it, it won't change. So. That's for, but but the the nature of the ideologue's approach to history 
is complete. There's a totalitarian sense to it. I want to explore that a little bit more after the break. Okay, we'll finish Pastor Wolfenthal's thought there, and then we'll play some Bible B on hope. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. All right, so in in uh, thinking about how this uh, we we look we look at certain figures and we look at history, you were talking about the ideologues and the totalitarian move here. So finish your thought on that. Yeah. So there's something about uh, progressivism. Now we're talking about political progressivism, which is a religion. We should recognize this. Not always, but mostly. And it has an optimistic view of humanity. That is, it doesn't understand. I'm reading this, you know, this book, um, The Rise of the rise and triumph of the modern self. And he goes back to Rousseau, who said that basically man, he denies original sin. Man is basically good. Society is the corrupting factor. If we remove the corrupting factor of society, then man will be free. So it has, with this optimistic view of humanity, there's, there's this, ironically, if you think man is basically good, then two things happen. You make no provision for sin or wickedness, and there's also no, there's no room for sin. So you become very strict. You become a Pharisee or a, your demand for perfection is so high that it, it, it's, a, it's the Pharisee move. Mm-hmm. So, and you can apply it anachronistically. So you can say, here's our standard, and if anyone did not live up to the, our standard, then they're out. Mm-hmm. Now the problem is, and I think that this is moving so fast. The standard is moving so fast that even people are realizing now that you know you were at the you you were the righteous one ten years ago, and now you're out. You know this happened with like I don't know what uh, Jenner was talking about how women how how did this go that that people who used to be men should not compete in Olympic sports with the ladies. And and now the hero five years ago is now out. <laughs> or this happened with like um, J.K. Rowling, who was like all about the LGB, but then couldn't get on board with a T, mm-hmm. which is a totally different thing. I mean, that's like, <laughs> but they, they, you know, no, no, it's all, it's all the same, even though it's the opposite. Yeah, even though it's like the double opposite. It's like, <laughs> I mean, because you can't, if you're T, you can't be B or anything else. I mean, I, so the whole thing is a disaster, but, and it moves, it's moving so fast that like the standards of, of what is right, but it, it, everything gets delete, erased because of this optimistic view of humanity. Now we can look back and we're mm-hmm. like, well, look, we're sinners, we, we recognize that everybody is a sinner. We are sinners. Everybody around us is sinners. Everybody in history is sinners. And so there's a capacity for sort of... You, um, 
when you think people are perfect and you find out they're not perfect, something different is happening than when you know that people are not perfect and you find out. The surprise for us, maybe this is the way, the surprise for us is not that people sinned. The surprise is that they managed to do something good and heroic. Right. And we right. celebrate that. Right. Yeah. And well said. So, so again, I think it want, we want to go back and look at maybe a, a person's character and a person's uh, work to maybe ask the question, you know, this person that we're going to be putting forward as figures on street corners, um, you know, their sins notwithstanding, can can we see that they did something good that we ought to emulate? Um, and 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 I and I think as we're there's just a shift there. I mean, to to, to further your your point, this is kind of a, a lesser example, but as we go back and read someone like Martin Luther, you know, there's this very kind of colorful language, and we would think, boy. Luther was a meanie pants, right? I mean, <laughs> he 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 was kind of a jerk. Um, but I th- I think we would we would do well to understand the way that discourse um, happened uh, in in medieval academic discussion. And it, that that while he while he was certainly witty, we'll give him that. Uh, it wouldn't have been seen as this great offense. But if you read Luther in today's context, um, you know. You you would think that this guy was the the rudest mean person who ever would articulate an argument, um, but that's but that's and I, and I and this is my point I think that what we're doing then is we're so self centered we're so egotistic to think that the standards by which I live now are the ones that everyone else ought to be judged by. I mean, heaven forbid I think that I'm not the only person that walked this earth. <laughs> that had a different mm-hmm. perspective on things. All right. Mm-hmm. How about some Bible B, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're doing some hope verses. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. How about this one? Um, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. There's some hope in that passage. Uh, I'm gonna... I like how it has both hope and wait, and it pulls both of those words in there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That'll help you with your uh, presentation. Uh, I'm going to say this is from the book of Psalms. Hey, good. Uh, that's 200 points. I'll give you double or nothing if you guess the chapter. See, that's a, that's a well-known Psalm. But I can't, I can't nail down the address. So I'm going to, I'm going to defer. I'll, I'll pass. Okay. It's the day profundus out of the depths I cried unto you, O Lord. Uh, That's Psalm one thirty. Yeah, should have known that one. Bringing your total points to one million two hundred. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't actually lose points because I don't want to have to subtract from a million. <laughs> well, I, so so the psalmist here is this a psalm of David? Uh, psalmist mm-hmm. here is. Uh, oh. You know, okay. Uh, so, um, I mean, here is uh, is crying out, and particularly for his um, standing before God in light of his sin. And so, 
uh, you have, I think, in that cry, um, remembrance of the law. But the, the, the really the theme of Psalm 130 is that of gospel, that God does have mercy upon the sinner and us, uh, for that matter. So I'm going to say gospel mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, that's right. Waiting, waiting, waiting. This is hope in the Old Testament. It's looking forward to that promise. All right, I'm ready for yours. Okay. I'm going to add your verse to my presentation this weekend. So, Oh, well, we might want to wait and see. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to decide where to start here. All right. Do not, uh, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's Jesus, and he's, it's great. He says, you, got, you guys have your hope in the wrong spot. So remember, we, if this is the thing that's nice to remember. Everybody fears, everybody loves, everybody trusts, everybody hopes. So when we have the command to fear, love, and trust in God above all things, it's not... As if that's like, there's God, and what should I do towards him? It's I should fear. No, it's that you're going to fear something, so where should you direct your fear? You're going to love something, where should you direct your love? You're going to hope in someone, some promise. Who should you hope? The Pharisees hoped, they set their hope in Moses, which was their hope of righteousness by works of the law, and that hope always disappoints because we cannot be righteous. One who's is guilty of breaking one point of the law, you've broken the whole thing. But so that's Jesus in the Gospel of... What is the Gospel of John? Well, before I tell you, it is interesting that uh, Jesus is explicit to say that you did not believe Moses, right? So, so just knowledge of the law. I mean, if you were to ask the Pharisees... Um, what are the Ten Commandments? Boom! They'd, they'd tell you, not only the Ten Commandments, but they'd tell you the the rules around the Ten Commandments. You know, like, uh, I am I am an expert in telling you what the law says. And then Jesus comes along and says, yeah, but you don't believe it. He <laughs> says, mm-hmm. if you believe Moses, then you'd believe me, because he wrote about me. And this is exactly, you're right, after in, in the uh, Gospel of John, after he says, you search the scriptures thinking in them you have eternal life, but they testify about me. That's wonderful. Gotcha. There you go. Oof, I got 200 points for that? 200? I'll jot it down here. Okay, yeah, you keep track. I'm catching up. I'm only one million behind you, but you never know what's going to happen. All right. I'm not going to lose hope. <laughs> All right. You going to give me another verse? Yeah, I do. Yeah, let me me find out. There's a good list of verses on hope. Let's try this one. Ooh. Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Ah, contrary, contrary to hope, to hope. In hope believed. Yeah. I'm reading my notes on this, so I hope that this that is, is an <laughs> accurate representation of the verse. Let's just see here. Uh, uh, so this is know. this is interesting. So contrary to hope, in hope he believed. Um, so there would otherwise be no hope, but uh, hope. Here, here, the, so, 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 in hope he believed against hope that okay. he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your seed be. Ah, there you go. 
I'm thinking believed against hope. I'm thinking this sounds a little bit like the book of Hebrews. Yes. Is that your final answer? Yes. Hebrews is my final answer. All right. I'll I'll tell you on the other side. Oh, come on. Ah. I need to start. I want to count my points during the break. Could you tell me now? (laughs) All right. We'll we'll do some more passages. Hope that a scene is not hope at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll count my points at the end of the game. All right. We'll be right back. You never count your points when you're sitting at the mic. There'll be time enough for counting when the show is done. Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. All right, we're back. Now, tell me, am I correct that uh, this is from the book of Hebrews? No. Oh! You're not correct. Oh! This, you're close, though. It's Romans. Romans chapter 4. Ugh. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it sounds like Hebrews 11, right? <laughs> it In, sounds like it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the confidence of things like not believed. But so this is really uh, so against hope in hope believed. So there's competing hopes here. There's the worldly hope, which is gone. I mean, Abraham, the hope of having children. Abraham looks at himself. He looks at Sarah, and he's like, it's a pretty hopeless case. But then he has the word, which said, in your seed will be the blessings of the nations and so forth. And so Abraham has this competition of hope. Am I gonna hope am I gonna put my hope am I gonna how about this? Am I gonna write the story about my future based on what I see in my own self or in what I've heard from the Word of God? And so it's this it's a spiritual competition. Well are we gonna abide in hope? Or are we gonna abide in sight? And that's the that's the setup that Paul's going to contend for later in Romans eight, where he says, "Who hopes for what they see? If he sees it, it's not hoped for." You know, if you hope for dinner, and it's there on the plate, that hope disappears as soon as the reality comes to pass. But we, our hope is for what we don't see, so we wait for it with eagerness, crying. Mm. So we abide in hope, and those who abide in hope will lift up their wings like eagles. That's the preaching of Isaiah. So nice. Now, I just, I just, something occurred to me. How do we play round three in this game where we do we just one going. word? I we just, just do one word. <laughs> My one word for you is hope. <laughs> I'm, by the way, deducting 200 points from you, bringing your score down to one million points. Okay. One well, million to 200. Is here's another round for you then. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exulted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope. This sounds like, so I, I, you know, this is, it's a poem here. I think it's Old Testament. My flesh also abides in hope. I'm torn between... I, I so because I think this is Job right before he confesses the resurrection, but there's also this promise where um, where the Lord gives this and 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 the New Testament it's from Psalm 16, and the New Testament applies it to the burial of Jesus, where it says, "You will not let your holy one see corruption." 
So th- th- this is that th- this is the words that come right before one of those two places, Job 19 or Psalm 16. So, so I, I think. So you got to give it to me one more time. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope. I think it's Psalm 16. Well, you are correct that it is in one of those two occurrences. Is it Job 19? For I know that my Redeemer lives. Well, what's your final answer? Psalm 16. It is Psalm 16. Quoted in Acts 2. <laughs> I almost got you off it. I almost got you to switch to Job. <laughs> I know. You want to hear the, uh, the, the context? Yep. Uh, for David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will dwell in hope, or sorry, live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make known, um, you will make me full of gladness with your presence. It's probably the psalm of Jesus rejoicing in the gift of the resurrection taught to us so that we can rejoice in the gift of our own resurrection through the resurrection of Jesus. Right. So, yeah, that's good. So, psalm 16. Do I get uh, d- uh, chapter points for that? Oh, yes, I'll give it to you. So what are you going to give me? Well, 200 for getting the book, 200 for getting the chapter. Bringing my total, by the way, to... Those of you playing along at home. And they are. 600. <laughs> that verse is quoted a couple of times in in the New Testament. Um, mm, uh, I'm looking f- for it. Uh, I I'm, I'll, I'll track it down here. Okay. Okay, you want another one? I do. Uh, ooh, I got a good one for you. Let me just flip over there. Ooh, this might get you. If it doesn't get you, it'll almost get you. Let me just cruise on over here. Okay. Uh, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Ah, yeah, this is good. Uh, this is the book of Ephesians. Why do you say that? Because uh, Ephesians 6 is oftentimes known as the great passage about the armor of God. So yep. Ephesians 6 is my final answer. This is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Dang it. I gotcha. Ah. Paul has two armors of God. Ah. Ephesians 6 and this <laughs> one. He has a little mini one in Romans too. But this is like the secondary armor of God. <laughs> so in Ephesians 6, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. Here it's the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. Hmm. So that idea of the helmet of the hope of salvation is what Paul writes in uh, to the Thessalonians. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm so happy with myself. We have, I can oh, tell. but now I... I can tell. i got to subtract 200 from a million. <laughs> Good thing I got the buzzword out of the gate. That's my only... 999,800 <laughs> points. Okay, good. Uh, to what? What do you have? 600. 
All right. Well earned. <laughs> uh, so we have about four minutes left. Let's just keep going back and forth to around yeah. our time. My verse now for you is this. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. You're not going to give me the verse before that? Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Oh, you know what? I think, you know, this is tricky. <laughs> but I is think it tricky? that this is... could be in any one of his epistles? <laughs> yeah, now you're trying to throw me off because it's St. Paul. I don't think it's Paul. I think this is Peter. Aha. Uh-huh. And I think this is Peter, first uh, First Peter chapter 1, which is the epistle of hope, but it actually doesn't mention hope that often. But he, he's right out of the box with that hope of salvation. Uh, in Peter, in First Peter one eighteen is the verse that sticks to mind. So I'm going to say First Peter one eighteen. Well, I just have one question for you. Uh, what is six hundred minus two hundred? <laughs> I don't know. Colossians chapter one verse five. Oh, Since we man, heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously you know, heard the word of truth, the gospel. It's very interesting that Paul uses those three things. There's probably five epistles that start with faith, love, and hope. Boom, boom, boom. Right one right after another. And um Ephesians has it, although hope is separated by a few verses. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Colossians has it as well. And those three, faith, love, and hope, they abide. The greatest is love. But um and I think that almost forms an outline of Paul's letters. He first talks about the doctrine, faith, and then about the life, love, and then about endurance in in, in the midst of trouble. That's that hope. So nice. So that's that's cool. For Colossians one five, and you had did you heard it right there? It's the how did it say it? It said, um, "Can you read it again?" The faith, love, and hope. Uh, I moved on, but here you go. <laughs> All right, it's uh, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. Did you want the verse nice. before it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since uh, we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love you have for all the saints. Yeah, faith, love, hope. We we normally think faith, hope, and love because that's how Paul says it in First Corinthians thirteen. But he's making a point there. Nor the the normal ordering is faith first, always faith first, and then love, and then hope comes at the end. So. All right, I got one for you. Okay. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Yeah, this is the big apologetics text, isn't it? Because we always talk mm-hmm. about uh, apologia, making the defense. It's interesting, though, because as you mentioned, uh, this is a defense of the hope that is in you. In other words, here you have all these people who are who having hope, and you're like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? Make a defense mm-hmm. for the reason of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, ooh, I think this is... Wouldn't it be great if, our, if we were being persecuted because we're so hopeful? I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. The, like, the world hates us because we're, like, so hopey. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is First Peter. It is First Peter. You want to guess the chapter? I'll give you double or nothing. 
Uh, I'll do chapter th- two. You want to do the verse? I'll give you a double or nothing. No, I'll stop there. <laughs> I'll stop it's chapter there. chapter three. All right. <laughs> ah. Chapter three. So you're gonna give me double or nothing when I'm wrong? I was right. going to take you into it's negative. <laughs> well, 999-800 to 400. It was close today, but you just scraped by. <laughs> just barely. Good thing I got hope out of the gate. All right, thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like those who know the hope of those who have no God. <laughs> just you remember that. <laughs> All these worthless points right here.